Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word comes from Revelation 4, 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Revelation 4, 11. Welcome back to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. This is going to be episode number two with Mr. Adam O'Donnell. If you have not listened to episode one, go back and get caught up right quick before you hit this one up. There's probably some knowledge that you need to know before you hear this episode. So, without further ado, this is episode number two and the final episode of this outing with Mr. Adam O'Donnell. When you're uh, raising dogs, does it have to be doing something by a certain age? And if so, yes. what does it have to do? Yeah, I want them uh, trained somewhat consistently by the time they're 11 months old. At least show me that you're going to be a squirrel dog. You know, you don't have to stick every tree. Uh, you just have to go hunting and get treed. And there are cur dogs that don't start till they're over a year old, but they're not going to start here. Well, they'll, they'll start somewhere else. I'll give them away. Yeah. Do, you, do you start with cages or drags or just walking? I will typically show a squirrel to a puppy one time. Beyond that, I'm just exposing them. I'll go to the city park. Uh, I'll go next to the house here. I've got a, a farm that's got lanes cut through it and just about any day I want to go, like I can get them on a hot squirrel. So uh, that's just my, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for stay put tree dogs. I'm looking for independence, hustle, not necessarily straight line hustle. Like we talked about, I, I just want them busy, you know? Yes, sir. Like there's something out there and I need to find it, you know, and it doesn't even have to be through the country. Just, just, just stay busy. The, the last thing a puppy wants to do is follow me around. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, yeah. That's aggravating. You just stand yeah. in there and it just stands there with you. Right. Oh yeah. That don't, that don't happen too well here. Uh, they gotta have, even with like Libby, I remember hunting with Zeke Vracek one day and I was mad because she was working a track and she was just going and going and, I could see her, but she wouldn't listen to me. And I was getting frustrated. And my buddy said, uh, man, don't get too, don't, don't get too hard on her. You can't put that in them. And it made me realize, you know, he's right. You know, there's that, that drive to go find something that some of them just don't have it. They just don't have it. Yes, sir. So, so if there was one dog dead or alive that you seen go or owned, what's your favorite? Hmm. Um, one of my all-time favorites is definitely Hummer. I seen him go uh, when Looney's had him up here in Michigan. He was a freak, just a just a freak. I I actually I hunted with him. I even took some pictures of him. But we broke up into groups one day. Me and Herbie Hicks were hunting in one patch, and Brian and Shannon were down the road. And that particular year, all of a sudden, we didn't know it, but we had. Uh, a, a big die off. We didn't have squirrels like we had had. Dang. Uh, the year before we could kill 20 by noon that year, the first day, I don't even think we treed one. I mean, it was horrible. We had to travel around and find pockets of them, but Herbie and I were hunting and we'd hear Brian and Shannon come treat over there with Hummer and all of a sudden, boom, Oh, dang, they got another one. And you'd hear him tree and boom. Oh, geez, he's got another one. And we were trying to compete just by ear, you know. Yeah. And uh, they killed their limit with him that day in, in, in a country that just didn't have a lot of squirrels. And I was so impressed. He produced them. Yes, he was producing squirrels. And I realized they found a pocket of them. But still, it was just uh, listening to him from a, another section was pretty awesome. And and we did hunt together some, but 
that particular experience was was pretty cool. That that's extremely funny. It doesn't matter if you know the people or not. If you happen to be in the same section of woods and you can hear a dog over there barking <laughs> and shooting, and then you bar- yours is barking and shooting, it's, it turns into a competition. It sure it, does. It, it sure don't does. matter if you know them or not. <laughs> you know, I don't know how you guys hunt, but I hunt with my buddies a, a lot, and we'll go to a big section up in northern Michigan where you see each other at the truck. Mm-hmm. And once you turn loose and your dog goes and splits and then they split and then you part ways, you may not see each other again, but you can hear them. Yes. sir. And it's a competition. I don't care who you are. When you hear that gun go off, you're thinking, God, I hope he missed that one. <laughs> Cause I still need another one. He better not end up with more, <laughs> one more than me. Ain't that funny. Yeah. We went to the That's Delta this stuff. past year and they were some people in there and they was in a patch like you was talking about and the dog we was hunting got stretched out and went on through <laughs> and they was just shooting and I'm sitting there thinking, man, <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. was, they was having a lot of fun while we was walking, you know? Right. So, That's but good. you talked about you comp hunt a lot. Yes. You, you, I've also heard you say that you pleasure hunt five, six days a week. Your same do. dogs. Is that same correct? Dogs. Yes. How do you set them up for competition hunting by shooting them? I have the same dogs that I am going to haul to a hunt on Saturday. I have them in the woods all week long. And and oftentimes um, it's like I said, midday round. Uh, I, I kill a bunch of squirrels. I know a lot of guys don't, don't kill a lot of squirrels. I do. If, if they tree it, if they've if they've had to to uh, work it up and tree it, I'm knocking it out. Now, if I cut them loose and they run out there and jam a squirrel, I'm liable to just leave that one because they know they have it. Yeah, you know it's they've seen it go up. They don't need it. But if they go out there and and work track and tree, or if I see them come through the woods winding and they tree, or it's in a scenario like that, I want them to have it. I want them to I want to put it in their mouth. Yes. Okay. That's what builds their confidence. When they go out there and tree three hot ones in a row, I may not give them three squirrels in a row, but then they go out there and grub one up. I'm going to do my dead level best to give them that squirrel. Now, are you watching the Garmin to decide whether they're jamming yes, one up? Yes, often. Yeah. If they go the from a sprint is, to a tree bark. Yeah. If they're, if they're, if they're beelining down through the country and they take a hard left, you pretty much know they just winded one. You know, they just mm-hmm. caught, they just caught wind one or they, they heard it or something got their attention and made them turn and go over there. Mine horseshoes a lot. Yeah. Or they'll make a little bow tie ribbon on your Garmin. You can tell they're working and then they tree and you go in there if they've got it. I'm going to reward them with that. If they do that 10 times, you're doing that 10 times or are you doing it two? No, I'm doing it 10 times. Okay. I'm killing. Now we're only allowed five squirrels a day. Well, okay. Let me rephrase that. Do you kill the limit if they tree the limit right? Yes. Yes, I'll kill five squirrels every day. Okay. And and I, I make no qualms about it. Uh, Do you have a certain distance? Does it have to be in their tree, under their canopy, within so many yes. steps? I want it above their head. Okay. So I am you- not killing a squirrel three trees over. What if it timbers two over? If it timbers, say goodbye to it because I don't kill timber and squirrels. In fact, if a dog if a dog timbers a squirrel, I'm shocking his butt. He better stay on the tree he he was on when he went up. I understand that side of it, but which I understand you have what you're doing and that's working for you. I guess what I'm trying to wrap my head around is is if it come in and winded it and it actually went up the tree he's on and then moved over to well, it's not that I don't think he deserves it because he does, but I'm not going to shoot a squirrel over there that's going to get him looking around. I see. Um, if if that makes any sense, uh, I don't want him. If if I shoot a squirrel over there and it moves around and I, let's say I miss it and it moves and he sees it. Now his attention is off that tree and he's way over here to the left or to the right. That's a bad scenario. I would rather walk off that tree, pet him up. Let's go find another one. 
and and not do the damage that I think it has the potential to do, it has more potential to do more damage is what I'm trying to say than it does benefit by giving it to him. So so if you miss if it's in his tree, if it's you in miss his it, tree, if you yep. miss it and it goes to leave and it gets out of the tree he's on, you let it go. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, remember, we're talking about Michigan squirrels that don't typically timber very much. Once in a while, it happens. Yes. But I've shot squirrels. I've hit them three, four times, and and they'll stay. Sometimes they'll stay right in that tree, you know, trying to get them killed. Also, I make a valiant effort to kill a squirrel in one shot. I carry a 20-gauge in September when the leaves are thick because I know I might only have one shot and all I can see is his head. And if I shoot and miss, he may move and I may never see him again. So I'm carrying a 20 gauge in September, but beyond that I'm, I'm head shooting squirrels. Uh, And I'm not like a Ken Grice who just finds squirrels, but I can spot them suckers. And I've had people say, my God, you're good at finding them. But that's because I hunt by myself and I go in and I have got to find a squirrel by myself. And oftentimes you're finding a paw or a tip of a tail or an ear, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're alone. Yes, sir. And and so, and then you got to go in and find a a shot opportunity. So I may be at a tree for 10 minutes once I found the squirrel, just trying to move around and get a shot, you know? Yes, sir. So, but with that said, if I blunder it and it, it, it leaves out, I'm not chasing it. It's leaving and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's, uh, it's just, it, it got lucky and got away. Oh, I understand yeah. that side of it. Well, yep. With, without me shooting a shotgun, maybe a lot of them got lucky and got away. Wow. <laughs> I mean, ours is, yeah, that's... ours is, they gone. If they move, yeah. if they ever decide to move, <laughs> they're not moving a foot. Wow. So I absolutely hate a timber and squirrel. It's, it's part, it's an evil of the sport. They, they do that, but I don't like it. Yes. I don't want them dogs getting loose or wanting to pull off that tree for any reason. So the day before a hunt or a comp hunt or a competition or whatever you will, you're shooting them or do you start slacking off? Do your dogs, I guess the question I'm going for are, do your dogs, when you're not shooting them out, does it change their no demeanor? No, not at all. I, not at all. I didn't know if, if maybe they treed three in a round and they're like, well, he ain't going to shoot them out. I'm well, gonna... <clears throat> remember me mentioning the, the squirrel desert? <laughs> yes, sir. There's uh, sections of state land that I specifically hunt knowing when I before I even pull in there there's there's just no squirrels here i mean there's they're so far and few between and they're dogged and they're 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 dentry wise i mean you might tree one but you're likely not going to and i'll go there on purpose and hunt for three hours and make 15 trees and never see a squirrel and that don't bother me it's work (laughs) you know that ain't pleasure hunting you're there to put your time in you're there to get the dog just hunting, grubbing. And, and a lot of guys, I know people that will not go midday because they don't want their dogs grubbing. But I want mine to go get treed. And I don't care if it's 200 yards, or 300 yards, or 600 yards. Go find some squirrel scent somewhere, you know. Yes, sir. So with that said, um, I'll often go to those places with no intentions of killing squirrels, but just to get their mind right on getting treed, you know, I'm following uh, you. And, and there's no, there's no opportunity to ambush a squirrel because they're non-existent uh, in that sense that they know you're there and they heard you coming and they're, they're in their den, you know, that's, this is what you can expect. So <laughs> that's what it takes sometimes to get through a midday round. For, for sure. People don't like that. I mean, a pleasure hunter wants to go in and kill squirrel. He don't want to go up and look and look and look for one. There's there's days I don't even look up the tree. I'm just there to put my time in. Yes, sir. So do you have, per se, an off-season? Or like to where mm-hmm. the dogs, 
more or less stay in the pen or do you work? Oh, yeah. No, uh, Michigan has what's called quiet time. We cannot turn a dog loose legally from April 15th until July the 8th. Now, there's one little loophole in the law, and I probably shouldn't say this on here because they might close it, but we're allowed to shoot red squirrels year-round. And I have uh, called DNR officers and lieutenants that are in charge of certain posts and ask them, hey, if, I, if I'm out mushroom hunting, can I take my puppy with me? And if, I, if it happens to tree a red squirrel, can I, can I shoot it? And they always act a little befuddled, like, well, you're not supposed to, but what do you do if they tree a black squirrel or a fox squirrel? And I, my response has been the same thing I do when I'm pheasant hunting and we flush a hen. You wave goodbye to it. Yeah. And they said, well, that's a good point. And they've told me, uh, well, we're not going to, we're not going to bother you. You know, my officers aren't going to bother you. We're busy writing tickets on the lakes and on the rivers yes, to sir. fishermen. So there is a loophole. And I do actually tree red squirrels, the little piney squirrels. You don't have them, but we do. They're, they're a separate breed. They're a game animal. They're much smaller. They're kind of like your southern grays. They're very uh, fidgety. They timber. Uh, they don't st- typically s- stay still very long, but we do tree some. I kill four or five every year, and we can hunt those year-round. Can you plus one of them up in a competition? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You cannot plus a chipmunk or a ground squirrel, but a a red squirrel in the state of Michigan is a game animal, and therefore it is a plus point in any of the registries. Okay. OMCBA, NSD, it's it's a game animal. It's it's a it's a squirrel. It's it'd be like saying, well, I treat a black fox squirrel. Yeah, it's a game animal. It's a squirrel. Well, just because I don't have them, don't mean it's not a plus point. Well, I I guess they call flying squirrels a flying squirrel, but you can't yeah. plus them up. Not. No, not in any of our registries. I think it seems like NKC does, but we do not. Okay. Yeah, we don't plus those. Other than walking your dog while you're mushroom hunting, do they get out? I didn't know if – I see a lot of people run treadmills and flat mills or slat mills or whatever you want to call them. I didn't know uh, if Action no. Jackson chases a Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't uh, run my old dog's – really at all. Uh, I have a exercise yard, probably it might be an acre that's all fenced in. It's attached to the back of my house. I, I put them in there sometimes uh, during the day. I might put them in there and go to work and just let them run around. Most of the time they lay in the shade, but they get exercise in there. But beyond that, uh, the only thing I take out this time of year is puppies. So I assume y'all's competitions in Michigan, y'all can't get permits or anything to have a hunt during those months? Mm-mm. No. Hmm. Ours, no. we're not supposed to turn loose on WMA land, but you can get a permit. Well, we we can, I suppose that's, that's true. We can get a permit uh, to hunt private land for a competition, but we don't. We just, you know, I don't. You know. I don't even, first of all, NSD, you can't have hunts this time of year. And I'm not interested in any other hunts. So I just don't even worry about it. Yes. You know? Well, everybody's out here trying to get that state race, wanting that spring hunt, you know. Right. I I actually wish that I could travel right now and hit some of these hunts, but they're all so far away. Yes, sir. You know, uh, we had our Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan. We already had our our one hunt, so it's a done deal for me. I'm I'm not driving to Mississippi for a thirty dollar hunt in the leaves with the snakes. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, we we have a little bit of all of that: ticks and snakes and mosquitoes. And when people ticks. start pulling that off out, you know it's getting serious. Yeah. We'll pull yeah, it no, off I'm, out in October, November, and December too now. Wow. I'm spoiled. Honestly, I I don't have any snakes. I don't have any ticks. I don't hardly, usually don't have any mosquitoes. Uh, we, we get, you know, a couple of weeks that are, they're bad, but it's just not something we even fuss about, you know. I had a couple more questions I wanted to ask you. One of them was, I guess this is more or less a statement. You are an OMCBA board member, correct? Correct. 
there's a lot of controversy going on with the OMCBA and but how's it doing as a whole? I, I know you see certain people complaining and you might not want to get into this. I, I mean, we can No, it's fine. I don't mind talking about it because it's a it's it's a broad answer, but there are short answers. And and I don't first of all, let me just say I've been one of the most controversial board members on issues, if there if there is a, a term that there has ever been. In fact, <laughs> I got a little chewed out at the last board meeting because of some of the things that I had said on on the internet. But you know what? That's what makes the world go round is is different opinions yes sir there are still to this day pretty diverse group of guys running the omcba and and there are those that are on the opposite spectrum of where a lot of us are in in their position on certain issues it seems like there's a my my biggest problem with with um some of what's going on is is the mentality of that's the way we've always done it. And uh, it seems like there's no room for growth. There's no room for correction. There's no room for expansion. There's no room for new programs. There's no room for any of the things that some of us would love to see because they have to be stuck on. This is how we've always done it, and we're not going to deviate from that. Yes, sir. And I think the membership as a whole is demanding something fresh and new. And there's those that are fighting it. And the ones that want it, we're struggling to get it. And that looks bad on us. Like we were, we were obviously, I mean, people know my position on, on a lot of issues. DNA, for example, um, I've been one of the biggest supporters of it, but there's still that stuck in the era in the times of no deviation away from this is the way the founders intended it to be and that's what we have to do and therefore we're not going to change and it's driving people nuts so there is some issues if you want to call them that as far as controversy goes oh my god there's always been controversy there's always been false breeding there's always been guys doing what they want to do and nobody's really been checks and balances on any of it. You know, I think that we're at the crossroads in the timeline of the breed registry that people are sick of that falsehoods. You know, we're, we've come a long ways and I, I, I full heartedly believe that most people want the breed to be pure they want it to be true and honest. They want to look at their papers and say, I love what I've got here, and I want to line breed on these dogs. Well, you mm -hmm. can't do that if those dogs are false, well, you know. I get it. And, and so there's a, there's a demand for honesty, but with that said, there's also a, that greedy, dirty, backdoor way of doing things that that says i'm going to find the shortcuts and find some winners that are able to to dominate and we know how to do it because we've been doing it for so long and we can mix these bloodlines and come up with something that's a freak and they do it they do it you know that's that's happened you yeah. uh i i think that guys have added outside influence and I know that there was a time where that was probably necessary because the breed was faltering and you couldn't find a dog that would stay treed long enough. And I, I get all that. But I think we're at the place where we've come far enough. We have what we need within the breed to stop the outside influence and move forward and make the breed what it's supposed to be. Uh, breeding the best to the best and calling hard and 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 hunting and promoting what you, what suits you that's that's just simply too hard for some people they've they've got their little frankenstein squirrel dog factories and they they try to shortcut and cheat the natural process of creating a genetic line of dogs that's called the original mountain cur 
and because they can produce dogs that tree squirrels that look like original mountain curs, they have cheated the system. Yes, sir. The Amish do it here in Michigan. I don't know about you, but the Amish up here love a plot hound crossed on a border collie. And what you get is a one generational wonder. I mean, a squirrel dog freak, but you cannot take that dog and breed it to another one of the same sort and get a second generation that's like the first. It doesn't happen. So they just do it one time and they just keep making that cross. So you get these dogs out here in the OMCBA that have this false, these false papers, but they're a freaking freaking nature when it comes to being squirrel dogs. Mm-hmm. But then you scratch your head and wonder why don't they reproduce? Well, the proof's in the pudding. You're not, you know, a guy like you or me that unknowingly breeds to that is getting a diverse genetic makeup that has nothing to do with what you already have. So you're not breeding a family of dogs. You're breeding who knows what genetics are going to pop up. Yeah. And it, and it kind of hurts the people that don't know. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It does. And that's what I'm saying is it's been brought to light probably because of Facebook and, and other, you know, squirrel haters and squirrel dog centrals and things have, been brought to light that this is going on. And I think people are sort of sick of it. You also have those that could care less because they just want a squirrel dog. So with that said, the, the breed registry, there are some hiccups in the road because of what's going on. My problem personally is that it's still going on and no one wants to do anything about it. And I feel like we need to to stop the bloodletting. You know, we've come so far in science and advancements that we can take the breed that we have and preserve it, which is what that registry was started for. And we do the breed a dis a, 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 a disservice by not stopping it. When I can go to a hunt and look at a dog that looks like a treeing walker with OMCBA colors. And we turn it loose and it sounds like a tree walker, but it has OMCBA papers and looks like, you know, it meets the color standards, but that's all it meets. Now we've got a problem because that's not the, that's not the original mountain cur that our grandfather wanted to preserve. And so I take personal issue with it. But with that said, who am I? I? I'm just a guy. I'm kind of still a newbie. I've only been at this for like 12, 13 years. Um. <laughs> well, in your opinion, do you think, which this is all opinion based. So do you think that DNA ink dogs in the OMCBA would maybe get it on the right track? You think that's the biggest gripe most people have? Um. Well, yes, I, I do. And I'll tell you why. Because there is still enough OMCBA dogs out there. Let's say that OMCB or the OMCBA instituted breeding pairs only DNA. So now you have stopped the cheating. You've stopped it because, well, you could do it once. You could do it once, but you can't do it twice. You know, you could, you could cheat one more litter, but now when those puppies are bred, they're, they're profiled. So you can't do it again. Yes. So with that said, within a few years, once we have stopped the falsehoods, then we get back to the, the original genetics. And so maybe you've diluted a little bit, but the bulk of the, of the breed is still there. Let's see how I can word this. You might not have as many OMCBA dogs DNA'd just because of the whole, the guy I got my dog from say nsd come out with a dna registry the Mm -hmm. male dog was lmc'd i called the guy i was like look i didn't get any from you you know what the female was not lmc'd he said well i got the papers and i was gonna swab her but there was a big controversy all over the internet and i didn't know if i wanted to do it so i never messed around and did it so i'm like Mm. you see what i'm saying so I guess it's one of them situations if the board did it and people wanted to keep having an OMCBA dog. They'd have to. They'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. 
but the the members have been cheating not all of them but but some of them and they've been cheating at a pretty large degree so at the end of the day if it happens 10 times that's 10 times too many so initially my thought is it it's the it's the breed registry that's in charge of protecting the breed not the members so therefore it should be the member you know the it should have never went to a membership vote i don't think you don't ask akc or ukc if you can have an option i mean it's just they're there they own it it's their program it's their registry they dictate what goes on and omcba should be the same well it's a little it's probably a controversial um of course it, and what i'm gonna say is probably gonna be controversial but so it's kind of like that male swimmer everybody hated that he was swimming against women it was kind of the same with breeding hounds and whatnot into cur dogs Mm-hmm. You, you know, you don't want a male to swim against women, which I'm not for that either. But right. you're kind of doing the same thing with breeding, you know, hounds or, or whatever that's not an OMCBA into sure. an OC, OMCBA dog yeah. and calling it an OMCBA dog. Well, and, and, and there's <laughs> a lot of truth to the fact that if you put a little hound in there, they treat harder, they stay put. And they've got the mouth to back up the fact that they're sitting in there a mile. Yes. Now you take a dog like Ace, who's naturally loud. You've got something special because he's all OMCBA. Now, I don't know about four or five generations before me, but he is all OMCBA. And I have three generations of DNA to prove it. Mm-hmm. So the breed is there. There's dogs within the breed to sustain and to support what you want why do you have to cheat a special omcba dog the the traits we're looking for would be just a nice trinker if you will. sure you know the, the yeah. specialties of the stay and put and the mouth and how well, hard they tree <laughs> and if you got an omcba dog that that is consistently a cast winner hunting against tree and curs and hounds, you ought to pay attention because you got a special animal right there. For sure. And so that's why I've really shifted gears and put my focus on NSD, not because I'm mad at OMCBA, but because it gives me the diversity I'm looking for. If I have a winner in NSD, then I can win anywhere against anything, and I can especially go to OMCBA and know that I'll at least have a good showing. Yes, sir. So, <clears throat> one of know. one of my biggest gripes, which is I'm a nobody, so it don't really matter with my opinion. But I wish, with the way technology is nowadays, that we could vote a membership spot in, or in, or a board member in for posting scores, posting because people like myself, if I can't get to hunt. I'm on Facebook. I wonder how many showed up. I wonder who won the first round. You know, yeah. at the NSD world, about, I was yeah. watching, like I was on pins and needles trying to find play by plays. And Well, and that's the problem with NSD. The world hunt is held in a place where there's just no service. Yes, sir. Well, o- OMCBA and UMCA and every other place I've seen, they all, which I understand everybody has things going on. But I've told, I've talked to multiple people and I'm like, look, you can send me the pictures. Now I don't, hang on. I say this, I don't want every registry out there sending me pictures, but right. it just say if the UMCA sent me pictures, uh, sent me three pictures and I can literally upload them and put wherever it's at the pictures and whatever in a matter of two minutes. Yeah. You know, but if, if I can send them to you, then I can also post them. Exactly. And I'll do that. I, I do try as a board member, if if I'm there, then I'm posting updates and I'm trying to post the, the, the leaderboard, you know, first round cast winners type thing. Uh, these are the guys that are through. <laughs> I try to do that. And there's others. Jeremy Nichols, he does the same. He tries. But um, yeah, you're right. It, it's, 
it's a it's a computer world that we live in and there are inquiring minds that want to know and guys that that can't be there that want to be there but they can't and they are sitting at home interested in in knowing and following what's going on i'll sit there and won't know a person in the cast and i'm looking at play-by-plays like man yeah you know and dexter (laughs) i really like dexter's going live yes it was awesome you know i i really love the live stream live feed videos it it's almost like you just sitting there you know and you didn't have to drive eight hours. I mean, obviously, I'd rather be there, but you still, even though you had prior obligations, whether it be family work or, or whatever, it, it kind of gives you a sense of you're there. Yeah. Well, and when you can uh, follow along while you're eating your breakfast, that first round, you know, that's pretty, that's like sets the course of your whole day because you're interested, you know. Oh, for like, sure. Dang. That, that's a squirrel dog right there and i'm not even there you know i love it <laughs> yeah you look at so, a cast and you're like man that's gonna be a good cast I w- i'm ready to see what their scorecards are how many times have you said man i'd love to be a fly on a tree on that man, cast for sure for oh sure. yeah and yeah it, it's changed and and um you know i don't know who come up with the backwoods heritage productions and those types of things but that's pretty awesome yes sir. it's pretty awesome and sometimes it's revealing Oh, for sure. I have seen things on cast and I'm like, dang, I never expected that dog to cover or I never expected to see that dog. If there she is coming through the screen. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? for, for instance, Chris's tank dog at the UMTA world, they got into the final cast and tanks looking to get tree and he's just give out or something. And if somebody had told me that he wouldn't have got treed, I'd have never bet that in a million years. But I sat there, I was watching on live. I'm like, get treed tank, get treed. But, you know, it, he didn't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to follow along. And I just wish yeah. that we would, you know, we might could get people to, to post more. You know, I understand it's more work. It's a few well, minutes it, more work to take a picture. It really boils phone. down to abilities. Guys uh, don't always, I, I've never posted a live feed uh, I, there's just an added pressure to it. Usually if I'm on a cast, it's because I'm in it or uh-huh. I'm judging it. Um, but I'm not, hardly ever on a cast because I'm a spectator. And and that's about the only scenario I could see where I would actually do something like that. Yes, sir. Beyond that, I'm focused uh, on judging the best I can or handling the best I can. And I depend on other people to do those things. So I agree. And, and a lot of people might want to go live for an hour. And the downtime of the three to five minutes, sit there and talk or, or, you know, come up with commentary. Dexter does a great job of it. Yeah. And and yeah, absolutely. Quigley does another, uh, Quigley did a good job on a couple too. Sure does. Yeah. I love it. I love the sport. I love what I'm doing. I'm having fun. I'm going to keep doing it until I'm not having fun. Let's see here. So I guess one of my last questions was, I noticed you said earlier, and I've heard that you selectively pick who gets puppies out of crosses. Is there a oh, yeah. certain way that you go about that, more or less buddies? Or if somebody really promotes their dog, if you had a cross, you might want it promoted. You, How does that go? I've started a program. I'm at the position in life where I'm trying to do something, and I know that I need help doing it. I and you know as well as I do, you can't promote them all. And we talked a little bit earlier about an all-grand pedigree. And and I am trying to pioneer an LMC all-grand pedigree. I want to be the first, one of the first people to pioneer that. I know I need help. And if that means me breeding to your dog because he's a grand, then so be it. But with that said, I can only promote one at a time or two at a time at best. And that's paying a buddy to help me, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's say I've got three or four young dogs that are cranking and, and uh, I've picked out the one that I want to promote, but I've got these other two. I'm very inclined to give that dog to someone who's already involved in the hunts that is capable of taking that dog and making a squirrel champion out of it. At which point I sign off half ownership. In other words, you just earned half ownership of that dog just by making it a squirrel champion. 
I've already done the legwork. It's tree and squirrels. You just got to hunt it, get to know it, condition it, take it to the hunts. Okay. And then when you make that dog a grand squirrel champion, you own it. I, I sign off all of the papers. It's yours. The only catch that I have is I get to be to it. I, it it's going to raise puppies for me. Whether it's a male or a female, I don't care. But once it's a grand squirrel champion, it's your dog. Do they ever get a puppy off the cross, or do they get to breed it when they want to breed it also? Absolutely. Uh, now, you know, the whole purpose of that is for me. I'm doing it for me. Yes, sir. I'm doing it for you to help you get a squirrel dog. And, and oftentimes what happens is I've got this dog, and suddenly I've got a young dog that's got me fired up, and I want to I want to hunt it. Now you're neglecting my end of the deal. So the goal for both of us to agree upon is for you to make that a grand squirrel champion. If you want to raise a, a, a puppy out of that dog in the meantime, I don't care, provided it doesn't get in the way of the goal. Yes, sir. It has to be agreed upon. So beyond that, I know that's not what you were getting at, but that's that's I wanted to bring that up because that's out there for anybody that's involved in the hunts. Well, that's um, great to know. Yeah. Beyond that, if I raise a litter, if if Joe Schmo Schmuck off the street says, hey, I want to get into squirrel hunting and uh, will you sell me a puppy? The answer is no. I'm just not s selling puppies to people that don't know what they're doing because nine times out of ten, they ruin two or three before they get a good one. And, and I only learned that from experience. So I will just kindly say, look, I, I can't help you or you need to buy a litter, a puppy out of, you know, somebody else's cross, you know? Yes, sir. Uh, I, I try to do that tactfully, but that's, you know, like I said, if, if they're not promoting a dog, you could sell the best dog in the world to, to the guy up the road. And if he just squirrel hunts it and keeps it behind the barn and no one ever knows about it, you're not helping me. I, I agree. And you know, I've made that comment to my friends several times, you know, they'll be like, what are you yeah. posting about that for? What are you going to these hunts yeah. for? We just need to go kill squirrels. And I said, well, <laughs> if, if it's the best dog in the world and it's tied up behind the barn and nobody's ever right. heard of it, it's the best right. dog in the world that nobody knows of. You know, I'm a, I'm the, I'm the guy that would give a pup to someone like, uh, Bart Williams, you know, yes, sir. because guess what? Bart Williams is going to take that pup to town. Bart Williams is going to promote it. He's going to be online. Uh, Terry Shearer, he may never go to a hunt, but he's online. He's posting videos. He, he's proud of what he has and he lets Facebook know it. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And so those are the guys that helped me. Terry pushed silk for, for Tony Walters. And he was posting videos of Silk. Now, that's Ace's sister. And she has only been in one hunt, which she won. But to to Terry did more for me posting videos of Silk last year than, <laughs> than all the little hunts she could possibly win. I mean, that that's the stuff that the people in the public eat up. They love it. He done more for you by promoting your dog on videos than winning some small hunts. Sure. Yeah, those those guys go go a long ways because they're they're uh, they're putting the dog out there. And if anybody says, "Hey, what's that dog out of?" Well, the answer is Adam O'Donnell stuff. Yes, you sir. know. So I think you've done a good job with letting Bart get that ace dog. I mean, them lost bottom boys. I like well, murdered out. I like yep. Spike. I mean, they they're all nice dogs. Yeah, I didn't actually sell Bart Ace. I sold I sold Ace to. Um, uh, Mike Powers. Oh, well, I did not know that. I assumed he got it from you. Yeah, no, Mike Powers sold it to Bart and Bart called me on his way back from picking the dog up all excited. And I was happy for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've, they've done a really great job. The guys that are willing to jump in the truck and go to a hunt in Oklahoma or Arkansas or Missouri or wherever it may be, I have so much appreciation for them. Uh, I can't even tell you. Ken Grice has yes, promoted flow. Uh, you know, he jumped in the truck, went to Mississippi last weekend and, and uh, Tennessee and Alabama and just all over, man, I, I can't do that. Uh, I can't promote them all. Yeah. And uh, 
anytime I see Porcupine Mountain, anything uh, in the winter circle, I try to make mention of it on my personal private Porcupine Mountain page because it's a big deal to me. It should be a big deal to everybody. Absolutely. Gas is four bucks a gallon and you're going to go down the road with one of my, something out of my kennel. God, I wish I could pay your gas for you. I can't, but thank you for doing it. Oh, well, you know? I understand completely. You know, yeah. speaking of that murdered out, I was at the UMCA Junior World and a lot of people, you know, the NSD guys and the USDC, you know, and some others might, might not feel like it's as strong a competition, but I drew out with murdered out, which had just won an NKC world and mm-hmm. pure country Hulk, which won the OMCBA mm-hmm. world. And I'm sitting here like <laughs> on the first cast. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's three world champ. There's three dogs out of 15 or 16 that have world titles already. And I draw two yeah. of them, the first cast. <laughs> and we had a hunt. I mean, we treed, I think murdered out treed four or five times. Wow. Mine treed a, a couple few. I think we treed nine trees. And there was other cats coming in. It was like, this is a junior hunt. They <laughs> said, yeah, we treed twice. And I'm like, a piece? And they was like, no, all together. <laughs> like, wow. why could I not draw that cast to where they only want to tree once or twice? And I'm over here with two world champions that already have titles <laughs> on the first cast in the ice. I said, man, <laughs> it was this. I mean, look at the draw. Yeah, but we saw some real dog work, you know, and I don't think it matters really which registry you go to. I feel like there's going to be dog power at every world hunt. At that level, there there is. Now, I I don't. I always say the cream rises to the top. The first round, you just don't know. I mean, you might get two schmucks, you know, that don't even know what they're doing. But sooner or later, you you've weeded out those uh, inferior dogs or whatever. And, and you start to get into this scenario where, holy cow, this is getting tough, you know. Yes, sir. It, it happens at every board. And I don't put a whole lot of stock in some of the WTDA, don't mean nothing to me. NKC, really, while I know it's a quality hunt, the, the registry doesn't, it doesn't turn my crank, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's still a world title, and that world title means something that at that level. Well, you're, you're doing something to win it. At some point, which I know this is a controversial statement, so everybody don't burn me at the stake, but what what's the difference in one world champion and another world champion? They all have the title. Absolutely. I, I don't – a world champion is something. I don't care if it is WTDA or, or uh, NKC or OMCBA. They, they've done something special. I'm going to say in the final cast or two, they've had to beat quality dogs. Absolutely. Well, they've, besides that, they've lived in the dog box. They've drawn different dogs. They've been to different woods. They've done, you know, they've done something special. End of, end of story. World champion is a world champion. Yes, sir. Uh, I do put a little bit more weight on the uh, USDC, NSD, OMCBA for obvious reasons. Uh, Those are the rules that I like to play by. WTDA has, I think, ridiculous rules. You know, I wouldn't go to a WTDA hunt if it was in my backyard. I, I just don't care for the rules. Uh-huh. But like you said, once you get down to the finals, you've still done something right and it's respectable. And I, I, I value that. I value that. But I don't think uh, in this day and era, anybody's going across town to breed to a WTDA world champion. You know, I made a dog, I made Bud an NKC world champion and it, it never drew a single female to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand that. <laughs> what, well, I guess I was finna finish up, but since you said this, I want to ask one more question. Go ahead. You said you don't like the rules. So if we could set you down and just to say the OMCBA rule book yep. and you determine it, it doesn't have to be voted on or anything. Is there a rule you would change? Well, we have made, uh, in my personal point of view, we have made the rule changes that I was looking for when I got voted in. That was to do away with the leash lock rule. I hated it. I think if there's a dog at large, you should be able to cut loose. And that's how it is now. We've, we've made that change. Yes, sir. It's hard to win on chain. 
Yep. If I had to change, you're talking about OMCBA now, right? Uh, well, we can choose whichever your your biggest com rule complaint. I don't care. Uh, I'll just my, do out my OMCBA. biggest rule complaint with the OMCBA is the ninety foot rule. I think it's too broad. That's a big, big, big search area. NSD sixty. I know. Yeah, well, I was <laughs> I know. for the people that didn't know NSD yeah. sixty. I think yes. USDC is the same as NSD sixty. I think so. And UMCA yeah. is also ninety. Yeah, so, I think ninety is is uh, is too big. Yes, sir. Um, and also with OMCBA, I don't like the fact that a dog can split within that search area and have a squirrel and take second tree points. I don't agree with that. For the people that yeah. don't understand, is is they can be split if they're inside the area. If there's two squirrels. Okay, so they're getting second if, dog points, right? And in not OMCBA. first dog. And not yeah, first if, dog. if both dogs have a squirrel, mm -hmm. but you treat second, you're still getting second tree points, even though you have a squirrel above your head. It don't matter. Yes, sir. Well, I, I don't agree with that. I understand what you're saying. I'm just for the people that might not have competition. Yep. Wanted, well, that's good. Honestly, at the end of the day, I don't want mine in your search area ever. <laughs> well, if there's a squirrel there, though, I mean, it's, I don't care. I don't I want them near your dog. <laughs> now, if, if if we cut them loose and they flop over the hill and jam a squirrel, they can tree together. I'm cool with that. But if they've had two and a half minutes, no, yeah. just just break up and get over there to yourself. Well, I, I, I agree with you. And apparently mine. Mine agrees with you too, because if, if I'm hunting him by himself, man, he'll tree him close. And if I cast him with another dog, he is doing everything he can to get yeah. three to 500 yards away from it. Well, let's wrap it up with this little training tippet from, from Adam O'Donnell. Okay. Right? When I am getting two older dogs ready for the hunts, I will take two dogs and literally hunt them together by myself, flip them loose. And I go to the first one treed and I may or may not kill that squirrel. But when I pull him off that tree, I'm going to, I'm going to direct him directly at the other dog that's treed. And I may even walk him in that direction. And then I stand there and watch my Garmin and make sure that he goes right on by him. Don't want him going and back him. They know better. I understand. Yeah. And well, they better not even loom in the area. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll yell, go on, get and, and poke them. Uh, it just becomes habit. It's, it, and it's not that my dogs aren't independent because they are, but you know, as well as I do the temptation of, Hey, if I, if I stand here and watch a squirrel's going to fall, you know, that's tempting for a young dog. Oh, for sure. And if I get away with it once or twice. Yep. yep. Uh, I purposely hunt that way. Now I will not take a puppy out and fry his brains out for covering, you know. Yes. Sir. Um, but I will once once they are training squirrels on their own. First of all, most of my dogs they're just going to be by themselves. But in the case of uh, we don't know what to do here because we we're, we're too close together. I just whatever one trees, I bump the other one out of there. Uh, I don't want them even in the area, you know. Yes, sir. And and there's a lot of guys that they they just dumbfounded when they get to a hunt, and their dog comes in, and they don't know what to do because they've never seen him do that before. Well, you haven't set him up, you haven't put him in that scenario, uh, with the hunt format, the competition hunt format in mind. You know, I I drew a young man last year, and his dog came into my dog's tree and moment ago he was 400 yards away and he he was like oh my god what the heck what's he doing here well you don't hunt with anybody all week long and you don't hunt with any other dogs so what you know you, you just gotta iron that stuff out before you pack up and go to a hunt yes sir well i started you competition know. hunting this past year actually and i will purposely set myself i don't set myself up for failure so I got with a buddy that had been competition hunting for several years and we had a bunch and I mean quite a few practice hunts hunted. Yeah. He didn't tell me. I read the rule book. 
he didn't tell me rules or whatever. He, and we done it just like a hunt. He handled me mm-hmm. like he would handle somebody else. And mm-hmm. when we got to the competition, I might have been newer, but I had experienced a lot of situations that had I not already been through them. Right. I might have got handled pretty good, you know, got them twenty dollar <laughs> yeah. or thirty dollar lessons. So Well, and you've got a condition a young dog's mind for the very same thing. It's fair to say, okay, I know, I know the rules, but does my dog know the rules? Does my dog know what's expected of him? It's a team effort. Yes, it is. And I'm not saying that covering a dog is the worst thing in the world. It bothers me. I hate it. Uh, but I know a lot of dogs that win because they will back another dog. You know, they're going to get all of theirs and some of yours too. For sure. I personally don't like that, but, um, if I got a young dog that's maybe okay with covering, like he likes to be by himself, but if something just is nothing's going on and your dog gets treed, he may show up there. He's going to meet the boogeyman, you know, <laughs> and, and yep. the boogeyman is you. It's not me. It's you. Cause he don't know you. Yeah. And a butt whooping from you goes a whole lot farther than a butt whooping from me. Yes, sir. And so, and I might yell, Hey, <laughs> Get you a stick and get ready because he's coming. <laughs> you know, that's what them garments have have changed the dynamics of training. Yes, sir. I, I had a gentleman <laughs> named Paul Bean. You ever heard of Paul Bean? Oh, I know Paul. <laughs> I know lives, his name. I don't know him personally. He, he, he lives over here next to me, and I have called him and asked him so many questions. And he has told me, you know, scenarios like what you was talking about. He said, you know, you take a buddy and let them sit up there at your tree, and if they come in there, you know. Mm-hmm. The same situation. It's funny how miles and miles apart, great mind yeah. think alike. Yeah. It's old coon dog stuff that's just come into the squirrel dog world. You know, it's nothing really profound or new, but it's implemented. Now, here's the other thing with my line anyway. If my dog meets the boogeyman, it doesn't wreck his day. A lot of these cur dogs, they meet the boogeyman, they're, they're going to the truck. I won't have that. I can't have that. I'm not driving. Not, I'm, I'm in the outer rim of the squirrel dog world, okay? And so if I go to a hunt, a lot of times it's six, eight, nine hours away. I'm not driving nine hours to pull something out of the box just to have somebody bump into it, and it pouts and follows me around the woods. That's not happening. If you, if you follow these curves long enough, you're going to run into that quirky one that, you know, got shouldered by a strange dog or there's a strange person that, suddenly appeared and suddenly now we don't want to hunt yeah yeah i will not have that i have i've seen dogs follow their owner around the woods just because they just decided that they were going to be quirky that day you know i gotta know what i'm pulling out of the box every time i go i got you well with that being said is there anything that you think I have missed in this couple of hour podcast (laughs) it's probably going to be two episodes just because you know, I break it up and let people listen in yeah. two different times. Is uh, there- I, 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 go, I just want to add, and I did, I did one other podcast, and this is how I closed the last one, and I think it's worthy of repeating. You have the floor. The OMCBA is worth fighting for, and it's not too late. Uh, the breed is not so far gone that we can't save it. I, I fully believe if we could – start doing things right and honest that uh, we can salvage the breed and, and actually have the breed that we, that we want and intended to have, you know, there may be some influence that will eventually get, uh, you know, liquidated out with breeding over time. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I fully believe that it ain't over yet and, and I'm not giving up on it yet. Just because I mentioned uh, that I'm I'm all in with NSD doesn't mean I've given up on the OMCBA. Yes. I still am on the board. Uh, that may change at the next meeting, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I I like the breed. Fight for it. I don't have any other dogs on my place. They're all OMCBA. They're all LMC, and and I intend to keep it that way. So uh, with that said, I appreciate you guys doing this. Yes. Enjoy them and uh, look look forward to listening to many others. Yes. 
Yes, sir. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you sitting down with me. I mean, we've been on here over two hours, to almost oh, two and a half hours. And <laughs> I know with life, there's it's always something going on. So I really appreciate you sitting down and giving us the time. Hey, it was my pleasure. It's the off season and uh, always enjoy talking dogs. I don't I don't get to do it enough. So it's a it's my pleasure. All right, guys. I hope y'all enjoyed Mr. Adam O'Donnell. This was the conclusion of the second episode and the conclusion of the time that we talked this time. I really enjoyed this podcast. Mr. Adam is full of knowledge and he's real passionate about the OMCBA dogs and breeding and squirrel hunting and everything really in general. I appreciate him taking the time out of his day with such busy lives that we have nowadays. It's hard to sit down and talk to somebody for two, two and a half hours. But I really appreciate him coming on the Hunting Dog Public Podcast and sharing some knowledge and letting us have something to enjoy listening to. Y'all have a good one. And as always, enjoy the great outdoors.